My name is Lex, and this week on Spidey Signals, me and my co-host Alex discuss John Watts' Spider-Man Homecoming, the beauty of simplicity, and the raw power of Michael Keaton. Get ready to save the world and leave your homework waiting, because it's time for Spidey Signals. Welcome back to Spidey Signals, the podcast where two guys with the same name talk about Spider-Man movies. I'm Lex. And I'm Alex. Uh, Last week, we put the nail in the coffin for the amazing duology. Uh, And then we talked about Captain America Civil War with another guest. Uh, I'm glad to be putting that stuff behind us now. Well, we can get into the real nitty gritty of the good stuff again. Oh, yeah. The, the promised land, long away. The, the promised land. Uh, and while I'm mentioning it, it is, we're recording this on New Year's Eve, but it is right now, when the episode comes out, it will be New Year's Day. So it's 2021. Uh, all I know about Spider-Man stuff for this new year uh, is that we're going to finish uh, this season of the podcast. Uh, and then there's going to be the, MCU Spider-Man 3 that comes out uh, in December. So that'll be exciting. Absolutely. We don't know anything about it as of right now. Apparently we were supposed to get some sort of information about it this month, but that just didn't happen. All we have are wild rumors for, for Sam Raimi's Doctor Strange. And from there, the door is wide open. And all we know for certain is that all the main cast from the regular movies are coming back and Jamie Foxx and Alfred Molina are coming back. Those are the only things that are confirmed 100% from actual legitimate resources. Everything else is just wild mass guessing. I I still am dying for the uh, the 2020 return of Willem Dafoe to this franchise, but you Jesus, know, a man oh can dream. God. We get that shit best picture winner. Absolutely. And I still I still stand by the fact that I want it to just be called Spider-Man 3 just for shits and giggles. That would be really just, funny. It wouldn't make any sense, but it would be really funny. Just give us Spider-Man 3. Call it Spider-Man 3 3, even though there was no Spider-Man 3 2. Spider-Man 3 2. Anyway, this week, we're talking about Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, this movie was released on July 7th, 2017. It was directed by John Watts, who got his start on Waverly Films, uh, the YouTube channel. Uh, who make actually really funny videos. Uh, you, you should go out and check them. It's a whole big treasure trove of a bunch of really funny stuff. There's a video of just him talking about, like, mm, chips. It's really funny. Mm. Um, Watts is best known for uh, directing, before these movies, uh, Watts directed uh, the movies Clown and Cop Car, uh, which were sort of indie hits, and then he got swooped up by, uh, scooped up by Disney. Uh, and then he made these movies. Uh, there are a lot of people who actually wrote the movie, were credited as writing the movie. So I'm going to start with the people who wrote the story. Uh, it is John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein. Uh, John Francis Daly, if uh, you might, if you recognize that name, he's actually from Freaks and Geeks. He's one of the was one of the younger kids on Freaks and Geeks, but now he's written the story of a Spider-Man movie, which is interesting. 
he, he seems like a funny guy. I like what freaks and geeks I've seen, and I, I enjoy the writing of this more than I enjoy any of the other writing in either of the other trilogy or uh, franchise entries, I should say. Other um, reboots. I like what he brings to the table. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, but the actual writers, there's a lot of writers because I assume the script was punched up heavily. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the writers are Jonathan Goldstein, as mentioned, John Francis Daly, John Watts himself, Christopher Ford, Chris McKenna, and Eric Summers. Uh, McKenna and Summers uh, worked on the Lego Batman movie. They wrote that, which I think I really enjoyed that movie. Uh, and Christopher Ford was also in Waverly Films with Watts, so they're old buddies. Uh, as for the cast, <clears throat> we've got Tom Holland as Peter Parker slash Spider-Man, Michael Keaton as Adrian Toomes slash The Vulture, uh, Laura Harrier as Liz Allen, Jacob Batalon as Ned Leeds, Marissa Tomei as Aunt May, Zendaya, as Michelle M.J. Jones, John Favreau as Happy Hogan, and Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark slash Iron Man. Uh, the music in this movie was done by Michael Giacchino, who has a very mm. illustrious career. I don't love Rogue One, the movie itself, but I do love his score for it. Um, oh, yeah, Giacchino does great stuff. Uh, he scored The Incredibles. He scored Speed Racer. Uh, up the mm. Pixar movie, uh, and he's currently working on the Batman uh, with really wow Robert Pattinson. So he's doing a score for Batman and Spider Man, which is very exciting. Ultimate showdown of Ultimate Destiny. There you go. Fuck it, why not? Uh, this movie had a budget of 175 million dollars, so even less than Spider Man Two. Uh, hmm. Out of all the movies we've covered so far, the only movie that has uh, a lower budget is the first Spider-Man movie. Uh, so this was a pretty small affair, especially compared to lots of the other movies uh, in this. Yeah, franchise. especially when you when you consider like Marvel and uh, and Sony having to shake hands over this, you think they would have dumped more money into it. Yeah, and especially considering the next two movies we're going to talk about, uh, where it's like so much fucking money was spent on those movies. Uh, and this movie ended up getting having a box office of eight hundred and eighty million dollars so not quite as much as spider-man 3 but very close well we're gonna get there (laughs) uh alex do you have any personal experiences with this movie i sure do um this is kind of the movie that got me back into like being a spider-man guy as like a (laughs) fucking personality trait i guess i don't know (laughs) um i um I was working at PetSmart at the time with my good friend, Brandon, and uh, he is also a big uh, comic enthusiast, a uh, big Spider-Man fan. Aside from you, Lex, I think I would be next to say, yeah, he's the biggest, next biggest Spider-Man fan I know. Uh, we were both, I, I had seen Civil War at his place like months after it came out on home video, and that was, I think, my first exposure to Tom, the Tom Holland entry into the franchise. And uh, we both went and saw this, I believe, on opening night. Um, we were both working together at PetSmart at the time. I don't know if I mentioned that we went to college together and, uh, we saw Spider-Man and we fucking loved it. It, It's a movie that we were like raving about in the car on the way home. I have a very fond theater going experience. This is a good movie. 
so it, it makes me wish I had seen the first one in the theater, the like Raimi one in the theater, because I, I saw yeah. the first Amazing and I saw the first like standalone MCU one. And, you know, altogether, those are, that would be a great three piece memory set to have. But this was great. That made me it did make me, you know, not sound like IG and it made me feel like I was Spider-Man. It made I, me feel like <laughs> Spider-Man. I, I, I very much enjoyed seeing this. Um, I remember like when the credits kicked in, you know, with the Ramones and everything, and and the, Ugh, the animation. The credit over sequence it. in this movie I, is so fucking good. So much of this movie is so good. The cast works together really well. I love the score. I, I love so much everything. of this. works really well. <laughs> I like a lot of this movie. I don't have a lot of complaints about it, but you guys have probably known that for weeks already. Um, yeah, uh, I saw it in the theater and I, I fucking loved it. Uh, what about you? I'm constantly surprised by how good this movie is. Like, cause you, yeah. cause you hear a lot of, you hear a lot of shit about it, like on the internet and then you go back and watch it and you're like, damn, this shit good. Yeah, no, it's, it's funny you mention that because like, if you had asked me three or four weeks ago, like, what do you think of homecoming? I'd be like, that's fine. It's, it's not one of the stronger entries, but I like it. This is maybe my third or fourth time seeing it, uh, watching it for this week's episode. And I got to say, this was the time I liked it the most. Yeah, um, this is, this is probably my third time seeing it. I, I seriously enjoyed it this time. Yeah, it's, it's really good. Uh, I also saw this in the theater, like you. I, my love of Spider-Man was reinvigorated uh, by Civil War. Uh, so I went to go see this with my mother in the theater. Uh, and I do have a funny story. Uh, I had to go to the bathroom uh, in the middle of the movie. Mm. So I left during the, the montage scene where Peter is getting ready for Homecoming. Right. Uh, oh, man. Oh, no. And so I came back into the theater and I sat down and Peter was already in Liz's house. Uh, and I whispered to my mom, I'm like, hey, what's going on? And my mom was like, her dad is the vulture. I'm like, what the fuck? Damn, what a robbery of the reveal. I've missed that big twist in the theater the first time. That's but it's, rough. even rewatching it, it's still really well done. Yeah, yeah, that's damn that's that's I, that's rough man i'm sorry i'm still stumbling over that that's <laughs> yeah that's I, I fucking missed that shit because i had to go to the bed and that's why i do not drink beverages when i go to the movies <laughs> the same thing happened when i went to go see parasite <clears throat> i went to go oh, see wow, parasite yeah. i went well i didn't the thing is i didn't leave uh i just had to power through it so my bladder was uh in overload by the time i got through the end of that movie because i didn't want to miss anything I didn't. I didn't. I didn't want. I didn't want to have a repeat of the Spider-Man Homecoming incident. The Spider-Man incident. I still haven't seen Parasite. I have a friend that wants to watch it with me, and I'm it's still good to do that. I will it's update really good. you when I've seen it. That'll be a uh, season two Parasite because it's a, season two. It's we're going to talk about Parasite. <laughs> we're going to talk about Criterion Collection movies now. We got to balance these out. We're we're going to go from Spidey signals to to you know the <laughs> Parasite pair. <laughs> Where we only talk about Parasite. Every uh, week. Alright. Alex, do you want to take us through the plot of this movie? Absolutely. Uh, and what a plot it is. It, it, it's it's a good plot. story. So, um, this is another uh, you know, Spider-Man movie. It, it's, it's, it's not as New York-centric as all of the rest of them, but it does open in New York. Um, it's pretty New York-centric. Yeah, well, they do go to D.C. at one point. Um you know, with the big Washington monument. But like, still most of it is in New York. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I guess they do go further from home and far from home, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it's in the title. 
we uh, we open in New York in 2012, I believe, uh, with the yes. the post post Loki Chitari uh, decimation of New York From City. From the first Avengers. Yes, um, where we get immediately introduced to Adrian Toomes, uh, Michael Keaton in this movie, uh, as as a construction like uh, like shift lead or or man- manager oversight foreman. Yeah, I'm I'm bad at describing working class jobs because I'm a cashier, um, <laughs> but uh, he's uh, showing a coworker a drawing that his daughter did of uh, of the Avengers in the battle. Um, and before I proceed with the plot, I got to get it out of my system. Keaton is so fucking good in this movie. Michael Keaton is uh, so fucking good in this movie. Both of the villains in the MCU movies fucking come severely. Severely, yes. They're um, so good. And I love this op- I love this opening uh, because it does like a really good job of setting these movies up as like street level MCU. Oh, like, yeah. All the other MCU movies are like doing off. They're all off in their own weird corners. Like Ant-Man's doing like weird science shit. Mm-hmm. And Doctor Strange is off doing magic stuff, and Guardians of the Galaxy are in fucking space, and the Avengers are like doing crazy world-ending shit. <laughs> and this is just like about a guy who like steals stuff. He goes from he goes from construction foreman to like alien weapons dealer. To alien weapons dealer. It reminds me a lot of the old Lee Ditko run because oh, lots of sure. those comics were just about guys who wanted to steal cartoon bags of money. It's just about guys who have pretty simple plans they don't have a lizard ray they don't have uh, a board of directors to pumpkin eyes it, it's, it's and i mean mysterio's got his whole plan but it's not it's all smoke and mirrors it's not really that complicated exactly yeah but uh i think vulture was the right character for this movie and i think keaton is a great great portrayal of the character definitely um so the crew is working on taking apart a chitari leviathan and uh you know getting like the goods out of it the the explosive cores and the armor plating and stuff mm-hmm. like that a, a lot of name drops of that kind of stuff uh until a van from the uh, u.s department of damage control rolls up on them and uh tombs is ordered to shut down the operation <laughs> the big bad government shows up yeah uh <laughs> adrian tombs is a libertarian up. <laughs> he, he starts tweeting at elon musk about everything hey they shut us down can we have jobs at Tesla? I mean, his speech at the end when he's talking to Peter, that's very libertarian-y. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's, he's <laughs> I want to be a venture capitalist, Peter. I'm not going to kill you. I'm just going to take this crate of glowing purple eggs. God, these rich people don't care about us, even though I sell weapons to people and live in the suburbs. <laughs> We're not so different, you and I. <laughs> We're not so different. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Toombs protests this, you know, new arrangement. Uh, he, his crew is getting kicked off, and and the government is gonna, you know, take over here. Uh, there's a fi- a brief fist fight. He decks uh, a guy over a snide comment he makes on the site, uh, and he's he's forced out. the The contract's up. Uh, they don't give a shit that he has a family to feed. We we get his little okay. like falling down like origin story here. <laughs> world's world's changing, boys time we change too. uh tombs you know he he realizes eventually that you know tony stark is behind damage control this is all you know it's all a big circle he sees it they, they the avengers make the mess and then they you know they clean it up and get paid to clean it up you know the government it's all a big circle and i've seen uh, people get mad that like both mysterio and vulture like they're not spider-man villains they're iron man villains i'm like if they were iron man villains they'd fight iron man wouldn't they yeah exactly they don't really care about uh, Iron Man. He's just like the reason that they have to do what they have to do. Uh, mm-hmm. And 
none, none of the Spider-Man villains in the comics are really villains because they don't like Spider-Man. They're just villains because they want to steal bags of money and like yeah. do evil shit. <laughs> they want gold doubloons and they have a lot of regret in the tragic backstory. Especially coming off of uh, like uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2 and even Civil War. This is a movie that's very simple. Oh yeah, and very I, simple. Very I really like that. It's like part heist movie, part uh, John Hughes movie. Teen comedy. Yeah, it's all over the place, but it, that's jazz, baby. It works. Uh, so uh, Toombs gathers a, a handful of his co-workers uh, with him to continue uh, illegally gathering Chitari tech, regardless of like whatever decree has been put out. Um, and we get a, a, a great little... Uh, the times times changing, world's changing, boys. We gotta change with it. But, you know, good trailer lines as always. Yep. Um, and we get you know we get our eight years later flash forward. Um, Except it's not really eight years later. That's kind of a weird timeline mistake. I think it's actually supposed to be five years later. Something like that. Because isn't Endgame itself twenty twenty? Endgame. Endgame War? takes place. And they, the movies all ostensibly take place in the year that they release. Okay. So Homecoming takes place in 2017. Uh, the only time, the only time jump they've ever done is uh, Endgame, uh, which right. takes place five years after Infinity War. So it takes place yeah. in like 2023. So yeah, fun little you know, an- anachronism yeah, it's, there. It's, it's, it's weird. Some years later. En- enough time. Uh, Tombs and his guys are are still at it, and Tombs is now, you know, he's it's been eight years. He's question mark eight years. He's got a vulture suit now. Fuck yeah, uh, I love the suit in this movie. Yeah, uh, I think the stupid collar is great. Uh, I love his like his fur collar, like the costume. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, I love I, the braided I, I should, wings. I put my notes on it later. The the wings yeah. look cool. I wish they could have incorporated more green in the costume, like maybe have his coat be green. Yeah, oh yeah, that would have been fun, and not just like grab. That mask looks so good. It's like the O2 mask, and it looks like a beak. That's such a genius mm-hmm. move. But it's very like fighter pilot esque too, kind of. Again, if you have the, if you, I cannot recommend enough the the book, The Art of Spider Man Homecoming. Uh, it mm-hmm. is really, really good. Uh, and I think it's, I think that even even impacts like uh, depictions of the vulture now like in the ps4 game he wears like a sort of similar o2 mask looks like a beak like that oh yeah it's it's a very modern you know take on the character for the, that idea it's good it looks good but yeah uh tombs has got the vulture suit now they never outright call him the vulture in this movie uh they call him vulture guy a couple times yeah, they, they call him flying vulture guy it's, it's, I guess, Spider-Man tradition at this point to not say, "Oh, look, it's Venom." You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. You know who I, this is? I, yeah, I, I, I like that. I like that Peter comes up with a name, uh, and I like that Vulture is like actually a vulture, and that he like yeah. steals scraps of broken technology for himself mm-hmm. instead of it, just uh, like it's a fitting name. Uh, his name's Whiplash because he's got whips. <laughs> We're little, not that dumb. It's a little more, you know. Uh, tangible than that i like it whatever um, <laughs> but yeah he's he's got the vulture suit now and he's stealing uh chitari power cores uh great little plot mcguffin devices yep. um 
Uh, meanwhile, Peter, uh, Civil War is happening. We get a fun little montage sequence of uh, Peter's like vlog that he filmed on, on the way to Berlin with Happy. It, it's very childlike. It's very yeah. Peter Peter's a kid in this movie, and he acts like it. He still he still understands responsibility and stuff, but he makes mistakes like a kid would. And that's I think it's really good. What I like about this intro sequence is that they managed to make Peter a Gen Z kid with a, a cell phone. But at the same time, they don't make him like anything like in the emails. No, <laughs> um, he's not got a Snapchat story for Spider-Man and it's no. not NBD. And oh, my God, whatever. No. Fuck it all. It's 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 fine, though. Um, uh, Happy gives him, you know, the new Spider-Man suit uh, to replace the the fun Ben Riley looking one. And it's actually uh, a physical suit in this movie, unlike in Civil yes. War, where it's CGI. Yeah. Uh, and you can tell the suit is still really fucking good suit goes off in this movie um, big fan of anything with the tick uh we're gonna talk about this later but they got the fucking web wings oh my god oh yeah yep all these years finally maybe we'll finally get a spider-man unlimited web cape one day that'll be fun <laughs> um, Spider-Man 2099 but yeah um we, we get a nice you know like fun side angle that peter like propped up his phone camera and we see the civil war fight uh ant-man giant man cameo uh but yeah peter is you know he's taken home uh and we get a great little like transition shot out of that like just into his conversation with tony i always like that a lot where you know it's yeah. just in that one shot and then it's out the next um yeah and he gets dropped off at home kind of just yeah we'll we'll call you for your i will mission. say tony's kind of an asshole in this movie <laughs> he is but that that kind of rings true to the heart of the character I that think. Makes, uh, yeah it, it rings true to the heart of the character but it feels a little whiplashy especially compared to how like sympathetic he was in the last movie i i am far from the world's biggest fan of tony stark um i'm not a huge iron man fan but i i'm not irrationally mad that uh, uh he's peter's mentor in these movies because yeah. it makes sense his his shadow kind of looms over like this and far from home, but for different reasons in each movie. Um, but I, I, like I was saying, I, I'm not the biggest fan of the character really in any, any medium, uh, the animated series, the comics, uh, this, but it, it makes sense if that's, this is the way they told the story and it, it works. He works as a mentor figure uh, as like a quasi Ben Kenobi kind of. It works. Um, it, it just works. Uh, I'd rather see that than like, I don't know, just Hank Pym is his friend or something, you know, Bruce yeah. Banner raised Spider-Man. No, it's fine. Yeah, just... yeah pe people people get mad about Tony being his mentor, but nobody gets mad about Otto Octavius being his mentor in uh, the PS4 game. Nobody gets yeah, mad about exactly. that. That's a great point. Nobody gets mad when Otto Octavius makes the white spider suit in that game. <laughs> um. Two months pass, and Peter hears uh, nothing from from Happy or Tony uh, regarding any new missions or anything. So he's he's back to being a normal student at Midtown. What is it, Midtown Science? Or yeah, is it's that Midtown that Science and Technology? It's a it's like a magnet school. And mm. I've se I've seen people be like, "Oh, they stole this from Miles," and they didn't really because no, uh, no. there's no lottery or anything. Peter going to a science school is not a new thing. Miles goes to like a no, fancy prep school, but even in like the spectacular Spider-Man cartoon from like 2008, uh, mm -hmm. which I have downloaded, I need to watch that. Uh, he goes to like a, a magnet school. Uh, and right. Those are those are still publicly funded. Those are still public schools. Not, not a radical idea, a science school. No. It's, it's, we're talking about Peter Parker here. Um, we get introduced to Ned, uh, who is sort of an appropriated uh, version. Ned, okay. 
I, I there there are a lot there are arguments that uh, MCU Peter is like whitewashed Miles, which I think is dumb. <laughs> but the but the only the only because all of those other arguments for it are dumb. But mm-hmm. Ned, I think, is about the closest you can get to to being yeah. something that was appropriated from Miles. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, Peter does kind of you know need a guy in the chair in this yeah. movie, and 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 they're I think I think they're different enough because uh, Ganke in the comics is the one who sort of encourages Miles to become Spider-Man in the first place. Yeah. Uh, they play different roles. So it's different enough that I'm not too horribly offended by it. It is, it is an eyebrow raiser though. Just a little bit. It's like, like okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. I'd rather have Ned than Harry Osborn again. Oh, th- yeah. That's in my notes that, that we, this is an Osborn less movie. And I'm so thankful for that. It's so beautiful. Um, it's a great, it's great. That's dramatic. They're more dramatic than the Skywalkers. Uh, sometimes <laughs> the Osborns, uh, they have plans later in the evening to build the Lego death star. Um, you know, gotta, gotta cash in those Disney points, right? Sponsored by Disney. <laughs> uh, we get also introduced simultaneously to Liz, uh, Laura Harrier in this movie, who I only realized this week was in Black Klansman. Uh, yeah. <laughs> upon rewatch of this movie, I could not tell that was her. She looks like totally different in both movies. When I when I watch uh, Black Klansman, I'm like, Liz Allen. <laughs> yeah, I I don't even think my fiance has realized that and has seen both of these movies the same number of times I have. So that's going to be fun to point out. I later. really like the high school stuff in this movie. It's great that they've kept him in high school this long. There's a lot to explore. Peter's at school. He's at the bottom of the social ladder. He's not too goobery, and he's not too cool. We have reached the Goldilocks middle ground. The zenith of Peter Parker. This is uh, this is how it should be. The promised land. Like we said <laughs> we're here, the uh, land of milk and honey. And I we get a, a our third in a row as we meet this uh, universe's uh, Flash Thompson as well, who fun. A fun take on the character, I think. I do, uh, I do like this flash. Interesting having him be like a rich, a rich kid bully instead of a football player bully. Yeah, I, I've um, I've met a lot more. I've encountered a lot more bullies in my lifetime uh, that have just been like assholes rather than people who would beat you up. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they still ex- they still exist, but it, it it seems more common of just like people being fucking dicks to you than people who would like beat you up or shove you in a locker. Exactly. Yeah. If they had to do Flash Thompson in a movie like this, this is the way to do it, I think. But yeah, we we, yeah. we, we very quickly get, you know, a new character and then an introduction to a few, you know, regular like Ditko era standbys. Uh, we get Betty mm-hmm. Brandt on a, on a TV at one point as well. Uh, Betty Brandt. Betty, yeah. Betty Brandt is now in high school with them. Mm-hmm. Interesting take there. Uh, but yeah, you know, a lot of lot of regular comic standbys in this movie. New new takes on them. I like it a lot. By Angori Rice, who was in who was great in The Nice Guys. Have you ever seen The Nice Guys? No, I haven't. No, I used to always confuse that movie with the other guys, and I've only seen the other guys. <laughs> the Nice Guys is really good, and Angori Rice is really in it. Really good. I will slap it on my letterbox later. Uh, when not at school, Peter is still, uh, zipping around the city as Spider-Man. We get a lot of, uh, great little, uh, you know, snippets of around the town stuff in this movie. Yeah. Another, another great montage of Spider-Man doing stuff, mm-hmm. which I love. There's, there's, any Spider-Man movie should be mostly that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I uh, forgot. Oh, I forgot to mention, uh, I have, I have lots of little of notes that are just like little things that I, I love in this movie. Uh, right. I like. I really like Peter mixing web fluid in class. He's like writing yeah. in his notes, like trying to create a new formula for it. It's really fun. 
and then also that physics equation that he's doing in class is about pendulums which you know it would make sense that he would know a lot about that because he does that a lot right it's it's his it's his job you know of course um, anyway sorry i didn't mean to derail, to derail this oh, you're fine you're fine it's great this is what we're here to talk about exactly um he uh spider-man his spider-man stuff he refers to that as the uh, stark internship that's kind of his uh his catch-all excuse for for being late all the time for everything and being out of the house blah 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 it helps that tony stark literally was in his house like two months ago so uh you know it it, it works it's a great cover um but yeah, he as a result, uh, with being busy with, you know, burdened with power and responsibility, he has to quit his school's decathlon team. Uh, and he's the already banned at Robotics band, Club, which is so nuts to me because uh, I was in band and robotics in high school. I was also then, in band. Uh, and then in college, I did academic decathlon. We did it was called Quiz Bowl when I did it. And I was the captain of the team regularly. So uh go. i was adjacent to a lot of academic decathlon people so you know what this is a peter parker for us yeah he really is um it's it's hard not to relate to him in my shoes but i i am one of like one million other white dudes in this country like me so uh, of course. <laughs> there's a lot of peter uh, also yeah we do have to i'm going to talk about mj real quick uh yes yes i don't really like her in this movie <laughs> She doesn't uh, do a lot in this movie. I remember being really underwhelmed with uh, Zendaya and the character uh, in this movie when it came out. But uh, Far From Home, I feel like, really, really... She's really, really good in Far From Home. Home. They had more for her to do. They didn't exactly. have much in this for her to do than just be there to be there next time. Yeah, they had to, they had to establish her. I'm not complaining about the characters like being bad, per se, but like... She just didn't have much to do in this movie. There wasn't. It wasn't her time yet. She was waiting in the yeah. wings. Yeah, but no, I, I I have grown to very much like Zendaya in these movies. Um, but NJ is I, one of my favorite parts of Far From Home. I, re- I recently started watching uh, Euphoria on. I need uh, to HBO. watch that. She is so fucking good in it. She's a great actress. Um, yeah, fuck, it, I need to watch that. It's a bizarre show, but it's good. I like bizarre. Um, but yeah, great in this movie. I like MJ. Uh, I like MJ in the future. Uh, I, I'd still like her more in this movie than any single Kirsten Dunst. Uh, uh, <laughs> movie. As, 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 a, as, as the show's Raimi apologist, I say this. Um, I, I, I like the character. It's, it's a good take on it. She's let's, good. Let's, let's see him fumble Gwen Stacy in a decade. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here, folks. That was a prediction here first. Let's get, let's get let's get through it <laughs> um but yeah we, we like you mentioned we get that new web fluid um scene right after like the the Cathalon complaining uh quitting scene um and then from there we get uh another you know great like sequence i think about when i think about this movie uh four crooks with avengers masks are attempting to like slice and open up an atm using some of that like chitari high tech shit and uh, Spider-Man shows up. There's there's some great quipping, um, great little close quarters fight, and yes. like a lobby. Um, great like set pieces in this movie. I like this the is really good. across the street. Uh, but yeah, uh, one of the criminals, uh, like the the device, ends up like emitting this blast that not only blows up the interior of like the bank lobby, but it like half life slices across the uh, the, the bodega across the street. 
So Spider-Man has to abandon the crime in progress to like go over and rescue the bodega owner and the cat. Um, Classic Spider-Man moment, letting the robbers go to save a guy. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, what are you going to do? There's so many little classic moments like that that pop up. That oh, yeah. Make, that, really, that really put a bow on this movie. I had this in my trivia, but I want to mention it now since you said that. Uh, Spider-Man doesn't punch anybody once in this movie. He kicks, but it's all webs and subduing and disarming and like acrobatic shit. He doesn't punch yeah. a single time in this movie, which I think is very interesting. And I didn't think about that until I heard it. It reminds me a lot of uh, the the '90s animated series where he like for vi- for like censoring violence, he couldn't actually throw any punches. Right, uh, it, but it, it works thematically too with the whole aspect of having to like pull his punches. Yeah, and it, and it works because I think it works because number one, Ben probably didn't teach him how to throw a punch. <laughs> yeah. uh, and number two, uh, I I think it works as well, well that he has like this sort of really improvisational fighting style. Where yeah, he just has to sure. he, he just has to use his brain to think about what what's in the environment and what he can what, use. What's usable, what can be, you know, used like a like a flail at the end of a web, what can be pulled down, you know, what, yeah, what how how can how how he can how he can pull something and throw it at a guy and take him out non lethally. Yeah, that's part of the fun of the character. Like with Wolverine, it's you know, oh he's got claw. Like, rah, 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 slash him. But it's like he's got he's gotta think. But yeah, Spider Man's the thinking man's villain. <laughs> the thinking man's warrior. Yeah, or hero. I don't know how I just said villain. I was thinking about Wolverine, I guess. <laughs> anti-hero. Yeah, I, I went into James Mangold mode in my head for a minute. I got gritty. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, so Peter quietly returns to his room through the window uh, to, you know, not freak Aunt May the hell out. Uh, and he drops down into his room and accidentally reveals himself to Ned, who is mid-Lego Death Star uh, build. Smashes the whole fucking thing. Uh, it's truly tragic. It really tragic. That's a lot of man hours gone. Uh, Ned is shocked but thrilled, which is like a completely reasonable uh, reaction, I think, to finding out your best friend is Spider-Man. Um, uh, May comes in, sees Peter in his boxers, fun little dialogue there. I think I'm, I'm going to paraphrase. I think what Red Letter Media said about that scene, and they were like, "I'm so glad they didn't make it like a gay panic scene because that could have yes. been such a like a whoa, whoa, stupid like eye roll God. of a joke." I think they handled it very well. I just it, it played. I just well I recently watched that Red Letter Media video, and it surprised the fuck out of me when Rich Evans was like, "This is the best Spider-Man movie." Like what? Yeah, no, yeah. Rich Evans, please come on this podcast. Rich, if Rich Evans came on this podcast, that'd be so fucking dope. Sitting there with his hands knitted across his stomach the way he does, you know, headset on, <laughs> like 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 a, like a grandpa. <laughs> uh, but yeah, when Peter when Peter talks about May, when he's like, "Do not fucking tell May," because like mm-hmm. all the shit that she's been through, uh, that's a re- that's really great. Yeah, uh, you know that, that again that, again it it hints at Ben. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's a really good line. This movie is well written. <laughs> It, it, yeah, shocker, you know, it, it's uh, we, we finally got a good one, folks. Um, <laughs> we we, we yeah, reeled him in. Peter decides to include Ned in this like aspect of his life, but he forces him to keep it a secret. Um, so after he makes, you know, Ned go home after riding the high of, you know, figuring out your friend is Spider-Man. But he goes to uh, dinner with May at a Thai place. Um, Peter's really quiet and, you know, subdued. He's got a lot of shit whirling around in his head and. 
he uh, he kind of just blames it on the Stark internship, which is you know yeah. the, the the core theme of the movie is you know blame it on the Stark internship. Another another great conversation with May. May is also really good in this movie. Yeah, she's not in it as much as I would like, but she is really good when she's there. Mm-hmm. She talks a lot of shit about Tony Stark. Um, yeah. Especially when she's like, you see something like that, you run the other way. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll totally <laughs> I sure will. Yep. Don't go anywhere near that shit. Uh, no, I, I really like May and Peter's relationship in this movie, especially compared to uh, how kind of lackluster and like Hallmark Cardi it felt in the amazing duology. Like, yeah, I felt like Sally Field was a good Aunt May, but she didn't bring anything like spectacular to the table. And Marissa Tomei is just a I don't know. She's a really fun take on the character. Yeah, you can tell that they really like deep down really care for each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's a great, it's a great aunt and nephew uh, relationship. Where in the Amazing Duology, they just bickered all the time, and I was like, I didn't, it didn't feel fun or anything. And then he brought home the eggs, and then he went home. That he listened to some Mumford and Sons or some shit. <laughs> some Philip Phillips, you mean? <laughs> Something <laughs> he's got to keep it fresh. Uh, the next day at school, uh, Ned is asking Peter questions all day about being Spider-Man and, you know, the, the ins and outs of it. Uh, we get a spider. (laughs) Spider's dead, Ned. Great, great sequence. Great stuff. Uh, I like the Captain America PSA we get shortly thereafter. Fucking Uh, Hannibal Burris. Yeah. The, the fallen angel himself, Hannibal Burris. Uh, (laughs) Landlord Hannibal Burris. Class traitor Hannibal Burris. Uh, oh my god! Uh, as a gym teacher, and truly Spider-Man's that, greatest enemy. Very, very slick. Uh, sending a body double that didn't look anything like him to the premiere. Of this movie. <laughs> that was so fucking funny. Um, but yeah, he's he he's fun in this, I guess, and I I love the Captain America PSAs. I'm also far from the world's biggest Captain America fan, but his brief. Yeah, I'm, brief I'm pretty. I'm pretty. I'm pretty ambivalent on the Marvel universe outside of Spider Man, but they're oh, yeah. they're fun. Doctor Strange has grown on me. I think uh, maybe that's just because I'm a Raimi fanboy still. I am a Doctor Strange defender. I think that first movie is good. It's fine. Yeah, I don't hate it. I it, it I like it like as much as I like maybe like Guardians one. I really love Guardians 1. Guardians 2, I like a lot more. <laughs> Welcome to our MCU podcast. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, Peter Peter briefly, you know, during hearing this PSA stuff, he, he briefly hears uh, Liz talking to her friends about how she has sort of a crush on Spider-Man, which leads Ned, ever the, you know, conversationalist, to blurt out to everybody in the gym that Peter knows Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a great palpable uh, secondhand embarrassment. Uh, I don't. I hate secondhand embarrassment. I do not like I this scene. On I thrive on it. I love. It. Um, I will say I do. I do like that when Peter is doing his uh, sit-ups, he has to like when he's like distracted because he's talking to Ned and the gym teacher goes by. He's like, "Good job, Parker," and he has to like go back to pretending to struggle. He has to like pretend to be not super strong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's another little that's another little moment that i thought was really cool and the the facade slips a little bit yeah uh liz invites peter and ned to the uh upcoming party at her house uh so that peter can try to invite spider-man which like as soon as they like get this out of their mouths they realize it's like stupid it's a fucking <laughs> saved by the bell moment <laughs> yeah it, it, it it's the john hughesiest part of this movie how is Peter gonna go to the party when he's also Spider-Man? Find out next week on Spider-Man Homecoming. 
the boys attend the party. Ned wears his 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 cool guy hat. Uh, and some almost... men wear hats. Ned, you wear that hat. <laughs> I love that line. It's so good. Um, Ned immediately like tries to get Peter to hey have Spider Man come over, have, do it, have it happen. Yeah, they're, they're in this fucking gigantic like glass and concrete huge mansion in the suburbs. Yeah. The, the 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 vulture pot spoilers um <laughs> yeah um uh, peter like is hesitant to you know follow through on this whole plan until flash starts pestering with the with you know his flashness uh an interesting take on the character but man does he get under the skin yeah, uh, he's such a fucking dickhead <laughs> he really is um Peter goes to change and and you know pull up as Spider Man, but then he sees an explosion in the distance. Yeah, he's, he's like he's like yeah he sits up there and he's like, what am I doing? This is gotta stupid. go do some Spider Man shit. Yeah, I I love that he says no to you. Like Spider Man's not a party trick. Yeah, yeah, it's not a lesson he has to learn. It, That's a really a good character moment for sure. Uh, he goes to investigate the explosion and finds two of uh, the accomplices of the vulture selling Chitari tech to a local gangster named Aaron Davis. Hmm. Oh. Scratch, uh, played, hmm. by, played by the illustrious Donald Glover. Donald uh, Glover. The man himself. Uh, Peter's cell phone goes off when Ned tries to call him, uh, making the, the two goons think that Aaron is setting them up in some kind of sting operation. Spider-Man shows up and with like the highest, you know, flute pitched voice. He's like, hey, shoot me over here, guys. That is another really great character moment. If you're going to shoot at somebody, shoot at me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love that they decided to drop. Hey, I'm Spider-Man. You know, uh, let's go get a fucking bagel. Hey, what's up? <laughs> the only time he does that is when he's doing a fake voice. Yeah, in, yeah. In the elevator at the Washington Monument. He's like, hey, how you doing? I'm Spider-Man. But yeah, they managed to make him sound, you know, like like a Spider-Man year old. Like a 15-year-old, yeah. It blows my mind that he's, like, 15 in this movie and they didn't just give a senior year again. Um, but no, good stuff. Uh, good good sequence. Um, you know, shoot at me, not him. The shocker? Uh, you get to see the shocker? Yeah, he, he certainly does do some shocking in this movie. <laughs> I, I, I like the take on the outfit with the yellow, like, sleeves on the with jacket. The patch, with, yeah, with, the, with, the, with, like, the puffy stuff. I really like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, it's good. Um... I will say the score. I will say the score in this movie is good. It's one of the few in the MCU that I can actually remember because lots yeah. of the other scores in these movies are pretty bland. But the like the main Spider-Man leitmotif is memorable. Yeah, it manages to be memorable, like even you know in a movie that uses his theme song orchestrally at the beginning. Yes, which fuck we didn't t- we didn't talk about that, but fuck that rules. Yeah, like Michael Giacchino, you you beautiful bastard. <sighs> Thank you for that. Uh, <sighs> Spider-Man chases the the goons until like the vulture intervenes again, or well, not again, but you know we get our our introduction of villain versus hero here in the movie, and he grabs Spider-Man and drops him in a river. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, we go to the lake. <laughs> like you gotta imagine that like Adrian is is borderline at least semi familiar with who Spider-Man is if he if he's this big Avengers hater, you know. He lives in New York. He probably knows about the neighborhood spider guy that zips around and, you know, foils. Probably doesn't give a, he probably doesn't give a shit. But he knows, like, I'm just going to drop this fucker in the lake. He, he, just, sees there, him, like, he just sees him, like, stopping bike thieves and shit. And it's like, I don't yeah. care. I'm going to drop him in the lake. It's so yeah, funny, and, though. And, like, <laughs> villain-wise, you know, just blunk. Blunk. And, Pete, and Peter's suit suddenly produces a parachute just for no yeah. reason. It, it's capable, you know. It's it's it, it's a micro parachute. It's Stark Tech. Don't worry about most it. Most of the, most of this shit just gets in his way rather than actually helps. Yeah, 
yeah which uh which is why uh i like the the other i like the plot of this movie with the other suit coming back into play but we'll get there yes it's, uh, it's <laughs> almost like him not using that shit is uh is it's representative of his growth as a character nah nah hmm. <laughs> it's almost like he has a character arc in this movie and it's well written so uh peter is he's tangled up in his parachute and he gets dropped in the river and uh he's he's drowning pretty badly uh for yep. a while there uh until iron man quote unquote iron man comes in and saves him uh finding out where he was because of the tracker in the suit uh tony's not actually physically there uh he's he's kind of skyping into this uh vr controlling or something his his yeah. iron man suit <laughs> to tony do, like, tony yeah. doesn't tony doesn't tell him what what the suit does which is like, why would he not do that? Here's a gun. Figure out what it does. It's, he's just, you know, he's just a, this is a big real it. asshole moment. Yeah, not, not great. And but, I'm going to, I'm uh, going to, I'm going to talk. I don't mean to keep interrupting you. Please uh, do. But I'm going to sort of get into this more as the movie progresses. I'm going to keep bringing it up. But like the, one of the number one reasons that Peter succeeds in these movies is because people keep underestimating him. Uh, Tony underestimates him. Uh, the Vulture underestimates him. Mysterio does. Pretty much everybody underestimates Peter, and he's always like the underdog in these situations. Uh, but he keeps proving them wrong every time, and that is a really that's a really great Spider-Man theme, I guess. It's really yeah. good. Yeah, they, they they really nail a lot of the character aspects uh, appropriately in this movie. Um. Peter considers uh, returning to the party after all of this somehow uh, after Iron Man like chews him out and tells him to stay out of, you know, all this big boy shit. Uh, Fuck you, kid. Uh, but Ned has him here on the phone that Flash is, you know, doing the penis Parker shit again and has penis everybody at the, has everybody at the party ruthlessly mocking Peter. Uh, so Peter doesn't go, but he does find uh, the weapon that was dropped uh, like during the chase by the uh, shocker earlier, uh, that has a Chitauri power core in it. Ooh, Ooh MacGuffin time. Uh, back at Tombs' Slayer, uh, the shocker admits to dropping his weapon uh, as he was using his electric gauntlets because he's the shocker. Um, but yeah, they, they bicker back and forth uh, for a while and uh, it, it results in Adrian pulling out what he thought was like a gravity gun, but just incinerating the guy on the spot. <laughs> Shocker is the only guy in this movie who dies. Yeah, that's that's, that's true. Um, there's there's no like Lagos incident here. <laughs> uh, he just one guy gets vaporized uh, and he didn't even mean to kill him. He wanted to like blast him, I guess, not just fucking incinerate the guy but uh you know gotta have a good laser in the movie uh he just pawns off the gauntlets to another uh goo and it's like here you're shocker now <laughs> it's it, it's it's uh i don't know fun sequence i love keaton in this movie i can't say that enough um <clears throat> with uh ned's help the next day peter uh cracks open the weapon with a hammer <laughs> i <laughs> i love this movie but talking about it just fucking like every other sentence makes me laugh you know yeah yeah peter spider-man with his big science brain takes a hammer and cracks yeah, this alien yeah, gun open um they're still they still know very little about the core and what it is and what it's capable of but uh he he finds schultz again that this this goon uh who's tracking him at the school by the energy source coming off of like the pulse coming off of this uh core 
and Peter manages to hide from him and simultaneously put a tracker on him. A lot of, you know, good Spider-Man espionage in this, even out yeah. of the costume at, at the school, which I always I always love seeing Peter having to do Spider-Man shit as Peter. So that's I don't know. I like that. Um, this, he, uh, they managed to figure out that the goons are going to Maryland. Uh, they, they're they're going back to their lair. They figure out um, they're la- they're Laraland in Maryland. <laughs> that's really good. I do, uh, I do like this this little scene where they're watching the stuff uh, because Peter is like using a specially made machine to refill his web cartridges. I think that's fun. Yeah, it is. Uh, we get Ned I just, I just like the, again, it's the little stuff in this movie. Yeah, but, you know, bros staying up, building Legos, tracking criminals. Uh, so to get to where he needs to be, Peter uh, decides to last minute rejoin the academic decathlon team to head to D.C. for the Nationals uh, competition. So uh, during uh, all of this, uh, Peter decides to uh, sneak out again and uh, goes to track Schultz as Spider-Man. He catches the villains uh, attempting to hijack a damage control truck with more weaponry inside. Uh, He kind of abandoned like his friends having a pool party to go do this. That's another that's another really great Spider-Man moment. Yeah, picking like you know, yeah. sitting up in the in the glass ceiling and watching everyone and Liz have a good time while he has to. You Tom, know, Holland, Tom Holland does a really good job because you can tell he really wants to fucking go do that shit, but he has uh-huh. to go. He he knows what he's got to do. They don't hammer in any like soliloquies about responsibility and everything. It's like just... my uncle who died would have wanted me to just no. You get it. No one has to tell him your job is more important than girl. Uh, he just knows. No, oh, he knows so, that. So he goes out and he, you know, he attempts to foil all this shit. But uh, in the process of getting into the truck with Vulture and Vulture getting out of the truck, uh, the little slip gate cube stuff uh, that lets him get in and out gets knocked aside. And Peter concusses himself by uh, jumping and attempting to escape. So he wakes up. Parker Luck moment. Yeah, for real. I, I, I remember seeing that in the theater and like laughing audibly when it just cut to black after he jumped into the ceiling. Um good stuff Knocks his uh, out. he wakes up in the most secure facility on the eastern seaboard the damage control warehouse uh unable to leave because the door is sealed on a time lock until the morning uh so for the most part for a while peter just talks to the ai in his suit uh who he starts to refer to as karen uh this predates the meme usage of karen by about a year i think <laughs> of course. uh uh i i think that they would have picked another name if they had known the future uh yeah. voiced by jennifer connelly who is fantastic in this uh she's the she's the wife of paul bettany mm-hmm. uh who voiced jarvis yep. and also vision it's it, hey fun and, and again if you notice karen completely disappears after this movie uh because it's almost like the ai in the suit is unnecessary and gets in the way and peter not using it re- represents his growth as a character that's a that's a real head scratcher there. I'm not sure if I believe that. Mm. <laughs> um, Sorry, I gotta but... go watch my high top films video about why this movie sucks. <laughs> um, Karen helps Peter get a better understanding of how like his suit works and like the functionalities of it, uh, and even like acts as a therapist for a little bit to talk about <laughs> his his feelings for Liz. Um, she also reveals that the Chitari power core is a bomb that will go off if it is exposed to radiation. You mean would carry around a bomb? I mean, this, this is all like supplementary info that she just decides to, you know, so oh, good. by the way. Um, 
I like so, to think that this whole scene is basically just a, an excuse to have him run around in the suit and look really good. Yeah, it, 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 it's a fun sequence. It's a fun set piece. Um, yeah. One of many. And it really is another uh, opportunity to like show us that Peter is smart as opposed to tell us when he begins to uh, hack like, open on, the door. Yeah, with his like gruffing calculator and like 250 individual sequences like being run trying to crack it. But he does. A 15 year old does crack the time lock here. And uh, he, you know, he's realizing he's missing like the entire competition, but he's uh, now the doors are open. He's on his way back. Uh, attempting to call Ned and tell him, hey, you're carrying an alien bomb in your backpack. Don't go through an x-ray. Ned goes through the Um, (laughs) x-ray. Because Liz Liz takes his phone and calls him a flake. Like, oof. Yeah. (laughs) Fucking big oof. Uh, The team won, by the way. Uh, MJ got the winning... uh, Winning... I must have touched down. (laughs) The winning uh, field goal, rather. Uh, verbally, uh, winning answer. Uh, they're they're all going to the Washington Monument to celebrate. Uh, you know, like you do, ride the big monolith in the sky. Um, so he Ned, you know, can't hear the phone call warning about the power whore because the phone was thrown down onto the conveyor belt, and uh, it starts to glow and get all you know shaky and unstable. And uh, Peter, now fully dressed as Spider Man, and you know, rushing over to the monument starts to climb it but the core goes off in ned's backpack miraculously doesn't kill anybody uh it does a lot of structural damage to the elevator but like that's my one suspension of disbelief moment in the movie is like nobody is like wounded nobody's arm got blown off when this chatari bomb went off in I, th- I, th- I think it would bring i think it would bring the tone of the movie down <laughs> if jacob Badalot's arm was fucking blown off no i i totally get that you but like were... it's yeah, I feel like they could have written around that and had something else like happen with the bomb going off somewhere. But like, there's like five, six people in this elevator, and everybody just has a little bit of like soot on them, like a cartoon after when it goes off. Um, ah, whatever. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's not a pumpkin bomb. They're not skeletonized. Uh, <laughs> no, so this is this is a pumpkin bomb turned to the lowest setting. So using uh, the suit's reconnaissance drone to scope out like the best angle of entry, comes, Peter comes out of the chest. Fuck yeah! Yeah, it's it's a, it's a great sequence. It's, it's fun. He has his own little like Falcon Red Wing. Um, Every time they use the chest logo in some kind of fun way, I think that's really cool. Oh yeah, there's a lot of opportunities for it. In, in far from home, he links all of the taser webs together and presses his chest logo to yeah. zap them all. That's really fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I like that scene a lot. I've only seen Far From Home uh, one time, so I'm I'm very much looking forward to watching. Damn, it I've seen it like the uh, I think this is gonna be like my fifth viewing of Far From Home. I had an opportunity to get a copy when I was uh, leaving my family video job, but it was on DVD, and I'm a snob and I wanted Blu-ray, so I passed because <sighs> I, could, I can watch it elsewhere on the internet without spending money. Of course. Um, anyway. Um, Core goes off, and uh, there's like massive, massive damage to the systems of the elevator, and it's starting to like you know tremble and collapse and shudder and stuff. The only way to get in is through four inch ballistic glass and this tiny little like vent window uh, at the very, very, very top of the monument. Uh, the police arrive in a chopper with like an AR-15 and aim it at Spider-Man and tell him to fuck off. But he does a sick jump over it with a great little orchestral swell and a you know flourish of the the web wings, and he 
manages to swing off of the chopper and through the window, which like if he had if he had a lot of faith in making sure he was going to make it through that window, because what if he had just like bounced off, you know, <laughs> that's good blooper reel shit, I yeah. guess. But... I, I just I just love that they're using the web wings. It's it's they do they did such a good job with this fucking costume oh, yeah. and they're oh, yeah. having all the little Ditko elements. Fuck. Nico would love it. Ditko, known weirdo, Steve Ditko. He would be like, "You did a good job, good job, kid." He claps John Watts on the back. Has Steve Ditko ever seen a movie? That's a fair question. I don't think I don't think he ever did. I think he just sat in his apartment and wrote wrote letters. Read like Reader's Digest. Read Reader's Digest, made weird objectivist comics, and wrote letters to people, like you do. Uh, but yeah, Spider-Man breaks into the monument and uh, he begins trying to hold the falling elevator with his web and like a, in a set piece and, and like shaft that's very reminiscent of the climax of uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2 in a way, just like the colors of it and everything. And like the fact that they're, oh, people dangling over a big rectangular drop down. Hmm. You know what I mean? Mm. Um but yeah, uh, he he manages to start pulling people out. Flash has a great little selfish moment of like him and the take my trophy. Take my trophy. No, he answered no winning questions. This is in no way his trophy. Um, but uh, everybody gets out, but Liz. Liz is the last person and nearly falls with the elevator. But Spider Man catches her and rescues her and doesn't break her neck. She's great. It's it's all good. It's all fine. Good moment. Um, he does that stupid accent like we talked about. Hey, hey, how you doing? Hey, I want you like that. You will be okay. Hey, you thank me later. Get me a ninety-nine cent slice. See ya. Hey, big, hey, big guy, stop moving. Uh, nobody questions that he knows Liz's name and uh, the teacher's name. He's just, you know, it has Peter's voice at one point. It's uh, it's funny. Um. So, you know, that that scene kind of wraps up. We get, you know, everyone back in New York. We got a lot of parents hugging students and stuff. Um, Karen reveals that the Spider-Man suit records everything that Peter sees, which is a fun little uh, gag. We get to see some of that. Um, but because of that, we have visual footage of the encounter with the, the, the crooks selling guns to Aaron Davis that night. And while the crooks don't come up on a facial recognition scan, Aaron does, and you can see kind of built in small text on his rap sheet that his alias is the Prowler. So, ooh, all you dorks out there that care about that, like me, uh, there he is, big red circle and red arrow YouTube thumbnail. The Prowlers in this movie? The Prowler? <laughs> Question mark? WTF? I called the Prowler at three a.m. and he answered. Oh, um. <laughs> But yeah, um, he's able to track down um, Aaron Davis and web his hand down to the car for a second and try to get some info out of him in interrogation mode. Um, Aaron Aaron claims he was trying to get the thugs out of his neighborhood, um, that he has a nephew in town. Mm -hmm. Final head scratcher for you there. Um, Hmm, I wonder who that could be. But he's also like... He's immediately like street smart and wary enough to know that Peter is very new to this. He's very green. Um, gives him a little bit of advice, you know, and, and shit like that. <laughs> you gotta get better at this part of the job. Uh, but in the end, Peter does, you know, leave him there and his ice cream melts. So, you know, tragic, tragic Aaron Davis story. That's gonna dissolve movie. in two hours. You're, you're a criminal. <laughs> Goodbye, Mr. Criminal. <laughs> 
I, I, I really so do. This movie's so I love the good. dialogue. They really nailed Peter and Spider Man in this movie after so so many years. It's so it's so good. When Rich Evans says this is the best Spider Man movie, you know that carries some weight. <laughs> um, but yeah, great sequence there. That's our that's our Aaron Davis in the movie, save for a home media uh, version only uh, post credits scene. Um. Aaron tells uh, Spider-Man that Tombs is meeting to gather more tech at the Staten Island Ferry later that afternoon. The ferry. The ferry. Uh, on the ferry, Tombs is meeting with another criminal named Mac Gargan. Mac Gargan! Mm. Uh, Spider-Man gets a call from Tony, but lies about what he's up to, saying he's at band practice. Um, he spots, you know, the goons on the boat, but sees Tombs and doesn't realize that he's Vulture. Uh, he swings in and incapacitates Gargan and his goons pretty succinctly. Uh, Tombs tries to fire a, a science weapon on Spider-Man, but yeah, it gets the, held yeah, down. The fucking, the, the fucking FBI shows up. Yeah, yeah, the FBI shows up. And, yeah, uh, and, it, and it's, it's very quickly revealed that Spider-Man... It's very quickly revealed that Tony was the one who called the FBI to take the Vulture down. But, like, did he really think that the FBI were going to take down the Vulture? Also, like, he could have said anything to Peter about it beforehand like like before the call he was trying to give even like early in the day before the FBI raid is going to happen just be like hey I'm going to take care of this you did good kid not I not I am currently taking care of this it's it's very obvious that until the end of uh until the end of until the climax of this movie uh Tony doesn't really respect Peter as much as Peter yeah. respects Tony it starts here with Peter with Tony calling him to say, "Hey, good job with the vulture thing, kid." You know, it, that's where the respect is starting, but it kind of immediately gets dashed here in a bit. Um, uh, Tombs, you know, like I mentioned, just trying to use that weapon on Spider-Man, it gets webbed down, uh, becomes unstable, and slices the entire ferry in half. Clean uh, in half. We get a great like train scene from two uh esque sequence uh where he you know nails almost all of the strong points on the boat's interior with web and pulls them together i really like the acrobatics in this movie and uh like that scene where he like he nails a bunch of the webs together and like spins around them to like pull them together a lot of good like like spider-man physics yes. stuff in this really movie good. uh it, it even though he does you know as best as he can with that it's still splitting uh he holds on as best he can and iron man and his fleet of little tiny engine drones show up to Rock, rocket puck, rocket hockey pucks show up yeah and save the day fully uh so you know they save the ferry and a bunch of you know police boats and you know medic boats pull up on it and spider-man retreats to a rooftop where uh, Iron Man finds him and chews him out for not listening to him and lying. Tony, Tony wants to get an asshole. Just like, why didn't you tell Peter about any of this? It's just, you know, a case of good old Spider-Man movie communication issues. Communication is key in any relationship. Mm -hmm. uh, Peter attempts to put the blame on Tony for what happened at the ferry for not listening to him about the vulture. Uh, but Tony steps out of his suit and reveals that he did, in fact, listen to Peter, as he's the one that sent the FBI to the same ferry that Tombs was on. I still don't uh, think the FBI would have been able to take down the Vulture. Yeah, it would have made more sense if it was like S.H.I.E.L.D. agents or something, but they just decided... <laughs> but but to the fucking FBI, those FBI schlubs, gonna take down a guy with a space weapon and a flying suit? Yeah, no, the Vulture no. really is a fantastic and menacing villain in this movie. Um... I really hope they do more with them, but we'll get there I, again. Uh, every, everybody, everybody is underestimating everybody else in this movie. 
Mm -hmm. That's all a big circle. Uh, he goes on to remind Peter that while nobody was harmed, if somebody had been harmed, that would have been on Peter. Whereas if Peter had been harmed, that would have been on Tony. Uh, you know, like, you, think, you think Peter doesn't know that, Tony? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's aware. Uh, Peter, uh, you know, he, he's apologetic and everything, but Tony says that, um, that Peter's unworthy of the suit and that he needs I'm to give it back. And Peter claims to Tony that uh, he's nothing without the suit, to which Tony says that he doesn't uh, deserve it if he's nothing without it, which is possibly the most hypocritical thing that Tony Stark has ever said. <laughs> Maybe like, like, you know, Iron Man saying, if you don't have the suit, you don't deserve it. Fucking you would not have gotten out of your cave if it wasn't for your suit. Like, I get the point. I get the thematic point that's being yes. made here. But like having that character say that line doesn't make literally, a lot of sense. Literally, here's, here, my, my bullet point is Tony's got a point, but does he got to be such a dick about it? Yeah, he does, actually. Um, I guess so. Peter, Peter uh, fails to convince Tony to, uh, you know, let him keep it. Uh, he goes home to Aunt May dejectedly. Uh, she gets onto him for not answering his phone all day. Because this is really great. She knows about him skipping detention and uh, uh, sneaking out of the house every night, not being at the decathlon. So she demands an explanation for Peter's behavior, and he admits that he was fired from the Stark internship. May's conversation with Peter is so, so fucking good in this scene. Almost like Rosemary Harris, good. Yes, like, this uh, this this is a really really great scene, and I'm really hoping uh, she's she's again sort of a background character in Far From Home. Uh, she's not super focused on, but I really hope we get something as good or even better than this in the third movie. I've been calling you all day. You didn't answer your phone. You can't do that. Then this Ferris thing happens. I've called five police stations. Five. I called five of your friends. I called Ned's mother. Mate, I'm okay. Like Honestly, just relax. I'm fine. Cut the bullshit. I know you left detention. I know you left the hotel room in Washington. I know you sneak out of this house every night. That's not fine. Peter, you have to tell me what's going on. Just lay it out. It's just me and you. Lost a Stark internship. What? Yeah. What happened? I just thought I could work really hard and he could, he would, you know, but screwed it up. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. Oh, yeah. I, I have no doubt we will. They've, they've been like ramping up the side characters, like importance. At, so I, I think it'll be fine. Um, this allows us to have our, our segment of the movie where Spider Man quits being Spider Man for a minute. You know, he, he, another, it, it, another it, fun I, montage. He's not really quit per se, but he's, you know, he's resuming his life as a student is a good way to put it. Exactly. Um, he's, he's spending more time with Ned. Uh, he admits to Liz that he likes her. And was, he, was a, he was a little lost in the sauce. Yeah. And, and him being kind of lost in the sauce might, to some people, seem like a sort of out of character moment. But I think it works because it's set up in the movie, unlike Peter being an asshole in Spider-Man 3, where it's like that's yeah. not really set up at all or predicated on any prior movie. This, it makes sense. You'll be my date to the homecoming dance when you fix this damn door. <laughs> I'm trying but to drink yeah. water here, man. <laughs> he, he does ask Liz to the homecoming dance, which she accepts. Uh, no goober Peter here. He's, he's, he's got the moves. Uh, got the on, the night, on the night of the dance, 
Peter goes to pick up Liz, only to open the door, you know, doorbell, ding dong, opens it up. Oh, here's dad. It's Adrian Toomes. Uh, <laughs> one of the best reveals. Such a great twist. It, it really is. Pete the whole like, time sounds like he's about to pass the fuck out. He, he looks like on the verge of puking the whole time. It's really good. <laughs> oh, the fuck, fuck. Uh, they get some awkward photos in, and uh, we meet Liz's mom as well. But then Adrian decides to drive Peter and Liz to the dance. Uh, and Liz says to Adrian, you know, she talks to him about Peter's background, uh, the events at Washington. And, you know, he slowly starts to put the pieces together that Peter's circumstances, you know, are pretty suspect along mm. the timeline of the spider guy, like in a way that makes... That should make Liz go, hey, as well. You know what I mean? But this whole third act is so fucking magnificent. And when Adrian puts the last pieces together, as soon as the stoplight turns green, it's like, yes. Yeah, it's that's cinema, baby. It's uh, cinema. Good old Spider-Man. Good old Spider-Man. Uh, so they, they get there and uh, Adrian has Liz leave the car under the like guise of giving Peter the guy talk. But instead of the guy talk, he threatens to murder Peter and all gun. his entire family if he doesn't stay out of his business. Like, date my daughter, have fun at the dance, keep doing Spider-Man shit, but never cross me again or I'll I will fucking, fucking kill you. you. Uh, Peter unbeknownst to us at, at this point in the film he leaves his phone in the car as a tracking beacon um true dude's rock moment gives him you know gives him the good old yes sir and heads inside and uh you know during the dance uh they're playing a space you know, age love song mm -hmm, fantastic mm -hmm. choice it's kind of uh culminates with peter learning that you know tombs is going to steal the shipment of weaponry from the avengers tower plane moving to the upstate facility so Peter uh, ditches Liz and a great little John Hughes, you know, uh, oh, I got to leave the dance by scene. Yeah, he's uh, like, I'm, he's, he, he literally goes up to her and says, sorry, you don't deserve this. And I think mm -hmm. Peter leaving homecoming to stop the vulture and getting into his homemade costume, uh, not because he wants to join the Avengers, but because it's the right fucking thing to do. That's maybe the most perfect Spider-Man moment ever put to film. Like, mm. that is exactly what this character should be about. And I'm so glad that we finally got here to be, be a part of this moment. It's so good. Strong contender. Um, so yeah, Peter ditches the dance. He, he snags his homemade Spider-Man suit to stop Tombs. Heads outside and doesn't consider for a second that Tombs might have left some kind of, you know, assurance, some kind of thug behind to take him out in case he tried to leave, which happens. Uh, it's, it's the new shocker Schultz with his, with his gauntlets. Uh, Peter tries to get his web shooter, which was knocked off, but he just kind of gets the shit beat out of him for a while. Gets thrown to yeah. a bus or two until Ned saves the day, uh, grabbing a web shooter and sticking Schultz to a bus with the webbing. Um, so Spidey rushes to stop tombs with Ned being his guy in the chair back at the, at the computer lab of the high school being his eyes and ears. Yeah. He, uh, he steals Flash's car. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, I like to imagine. I like to imagine that he did that because he wants to save web fluid because he doesn't have refills like he does on yeah. the regular suit. And he does uh, by the end of all of this, so that is a very valid, you know, assumption. That probably makes sense. Um, Ned tries to get in touch with Happy, but Happy doesn't give a shit and hangs up on him. <laughs> Happy is also like, "Yeah, fuck you." 
Favreau is so class in this movie. He's great. I love Favreau. Uh, Spider-Man finds Tombs in his lair. Uh, and Tombs attempts to reason with Peter that he's only doing what he believes is necessary. Yeah, he's, he's like he's work. like doing this like speech where he's like, I'm I'm a working man like you. <laughs> You're young, Peter. You're, they're gonna turn on you. <laughs> it's like it's like rich people are evil, even though I, a rich person, am going to try to kill you now. <laughs> and he does a really cool villain thing where he's like, Oh, I'm just talking to you, so you know my suit can power up, and the suit flies yeah. in. And, uh, flies around, destroying support beams and causing this giant-ass pile of debris to hit Spider-Man. Um, but yeah, Peter is crushed by rubble, and we get some really, like, solid, solid acting from Tom Holland in this sequence. Fuck, this the, scene uh, is so good. Like, he actually sounds like he's in pain. Yes. And the screams. Uh, he... He manages to eventually struggle to lift the rubble off him in a great, great. Yeah, he, he, he looks he looks down in the water and he sees his face, half face, half mask, just like mm-hmm. in the comics. Fuck, that's so good. This whole scene uh, is fantastic. He uses all of his strength to pull himself out and kind of realizes that he has to do all of this alone without Tony's help. This yeah, is, you know, he's, yeah, he's like, he's like, come on, come on, Spider-Man. Fuck yeah, this is awesome. No! Please! Hey! Hey, please! I'm down here! I'm down here! I'm stuck! I'm stuck! I can't move! I can't... If you're nothing about this suit, then you shouldn't have it. solid spider-man shit Just shoot a beam stuff. of energy out of my body and the shit rules <laughs> um so uh, he he manages to escape and latch himself onto vulture's suit as he intercepts the plane vulture kind of complains about it like oh i got a little bit of drag or something uh tombs you know manages to make his way inside and uh dupe the signal of the transponder of the plane with a drone and uh take it on its own path, uh, you know, with the, with the Tinkerer's help and all his goons. Uh, but eventually, uh, he does realize Spider-Man is on the plane, trying to kick his way in. Uh, but uh, they knock out the turbines of the plane in the fight that happens subsequently, and kind of put the plane on a collision course with Coney Island. Yeah, he, 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 manages, he manages to pull it away is- so it doesn't hit anything. It's a really bold. I, I thought this in the theater that it was really bold. Sixteen years later, to have a sequence where a plane might crash into a building in in uh, New York. Yeah. Like, I remember thinking to myself at the time, like, "Wow, they really went for those stakes, huh? They they really yeah. don't 
it's not too big a red flag. All right, fuck it, go for it, have fun. But this whole, um, this whole fight is really fucking good. It's great. Oh man, it's it's uh, it's it's interesting having Spider-Man in an environment that's not conducive to his abilities working well. Like, there's nothing to swing yeah. on when you're fighting fucking plane. Um, so the clinging becomes like the most important thing. Exactly. Uh, they're able to maneuver the plane away from the city and towards the beach as it crash lands. It does take out some like fucking tourist thing. I I, I don't know if that was like a <laughs> thing or like one of those elevated lounges or whatever, but they take um, that out. Uh, that's yeah, that's really when Adrian's going to jail is because he interrupted tourism. Uh, <laughs> you bastard! Spider Man, uh, you know he kind of gets flung off and he's like heavily concussed again. <laughs> His ears are ringing and shit. Um, Tombs attempts to get Just away with a shit crate. kicked out of him yeah he tombs really like picks him up slams him around uh like crunches him up with his like bird feet a bunch uh just really just really gives him you know the good old spider-man lashing you get in the third act um of course but at the last minute instead of killing spider-man a 15 year old child on the beach he sees a clutch of glowing chitari eggs you know <laughs> he, sees, he sees a box he sees a box of loot and he says fuck you and throws him to the side and attempts to pick it up and fly away but doesn't realize that his wingsuit is like doing like some video game about to blow up shit yeah uh, spider-man tries to pull him down and save him and warn him but everything pops anyway and uh he kind of goes crashing down we get a nice little fake out for like a second where you think he's dead but just thematically you know we get the, the hero going no and everything happening he you know i thought he was like vaporized at first but yeah now he's just all he's just you know bombs don't do anything in these movies apparently um but he makes it out he saves the vulture yeah he saves the vulture and throws him down on the beach and they have a nice little <gasps> next to each other <laughs> this sucks um he does web him in place to some uh construction equipment and leave a note for happy yeah he he, he takes he takes all the crates uh full of avengers gear from the plane mm -hmm. and tapes them and tapes them up and he webs them up with it and puts a little I, note there it's like i found I the vulture that. that's what i love about this movie compared to the raimi and the amazing duology is that like at the end of those he just oh what does he do in any battle with the goblin or doc ock or anyone oh he just grabs mj and they leave no he, he took care of business here like when you stack up he took care of business not, like not only does the bad guy live but he but he's but he, he gets all the shit secured and he sends him off to jail you finish your meal you stack your plates for the waiter so the waiter doesn't have to do it you know you you put all the you you clean up the crime scene before you leave what a nice um, boy what a good boy <laughs> um tombs is arrested this is the first time i think we see a villain get arrested in one of these movies no 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 lizard yeah. got arrested but still lizard got arrested it's refreshing lizard, lizard got arrested and harry got arrested everybody like, else got fucking murked exploded or stabbed or drowned or something jesus but never punched <laughs> never punched at uh at school near after uh, Peter finds out Liz is moving to Oregon with her mother. She's still beefed with Peter for leaving her at the dance. Uh, doesn't, get, they, doesn't get the girl once again. No, once again, Parker Luck, uh, which is all well and good because we get MJ in the next movie, but still. Of course. Gotta, gotta have our little head hang low, arrested development, walk away moment. Uh, <laughs> uh, she says goodbye to Peter and hopes that he can figure himself out. Peter is back on the decathlon team and Michelle, MJ, is made captain. Uh, we 
get a very quick mention that her name is MJ, kind of establishes that at the very end. Uh, million angry nerds out there screaming right now. Hopefully you don't listen to our podcast because you have that. If you listen to our podcast and you don't like Zendaya as MJ, fuck you. <laughs> One star review, start pouring. <laughs> our, pers- our personal message to you, fuck you. <laughs> also, Rich Evans, come on the show. Also, uh, Rich Evans, come on the show. <laughs> Peter then gets a text to go to the bathroom, which, you know, when you get one of those texts from, like, a rich elite guy, you, you answer it, I guess. Sorry, Peter. <laughs> when, you, when, you get a, when you get a text from a, the driver of a billionaire, you're like, <laughs> come to the bathroom. Oh my god, that's some Jeffrey Epstein shit. Happy is in the bathroom, just, you know, Favreau in the bathroom, what will he do? <laughs> uh, thanking Peter for what he did. We, we get a whole lot of, you were right, kid, you were right in you this movie. Right uh fun little you know tension break sequence where someone's you know just in a stall crapping and leaves uh (laughs) do not underestimate peter parker yeah yeah uh but he tells peter that tony wants to see him uh tony and happy bring peter to the new avengers headquarters upstate where uh tony presents peter with the brand new spider-man suit the iron spider iron spider we want to talk about the iron spider real quick it's going to be in the next uh episode yeah. but i guess we can talk about it right now i fucking yeah. love the iron spider in these movies i i like the design choice they went with it over just adapting the comic one because I, the comic one's a little goofy looking the iron spider in the comics looks ugly as fuck but this looks it's really like, really like good color and not in a yeah. way that, that, that works for iron man if you chrome it out the right way but like for for that spider-man suit it just looks bad the eyes look yeah. odd it the uh, i, it le- looks, I love one, honestly it, it looks uh, fantastic I like the colors of it. I like the the shine on it. I like the eyes. Big chest logo looks really nice. Oh yeah, it, it's it's a fun original take on it. Uh, but yeah, Tony presents him with the suit, uh, telling him that there are reporters behind the wall waiting for a big announcement, meaning that Tony is about to officially make Peter a new Avenger. Uh, however, Peter has a a dude's rock moment of his own and and turns a true Tony dude's down, rock moment turns Tony Stark and his Avengers invitation down saying that he prefers to be a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man for now. Ah, uh, yes, but no, as you... Uh, but wait, 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 no, of course, he's Iron Man Jr. We all know this. Oh, yeah, which it's reprehensible now this movie sucks. This movie uh, sucks now, even though even though he'd literally said no to Tony at the end. <laughs> no, he, he's Iron Man Jr. No. No, don't you see? Movie bad. Movie bad. Uh, <laughs> welcome to our podcast, Movie Bad. Movie uh, bad. <laughs> Peter leaves and asks Tony uh, if he was testing him and whether or not he passed. And Tony kind of bullshits him. Like, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. No reporters. Uh, however, Tony is surprised Peter made the mature choice um, of turning him down and that there really are a bunch of reporters outside. Pepper shows up. Uh, now shit's fine between Civil War and this. They're They're together again. Uh, they ask where uh, Peter is, and she's frustrated that he walked out. So Happy covers for them by giving Tony the proposal ring, so he can go make a show for the reporters. Uh, Peter gets home, finds a bag from Tony on his bed, and has his suit back. Tony is convinced this belongs that to you again. Yeah, belongs to you. Peter proudly puts it on, not realizing Aunt May is behind <sighs> him, leading to our slap into the credits with a great what the fuck from Aunt May. Uh, All right. I, I love this ending. It's so good. Oh, yeah. No. Um, it, and the whole feel of it with like the animation and the like the claymation and everything over the end really sets the tone for like 
yeah. how goofy everything, the tone and everything's going to get with Spider-Verse. Yeah, um, I, I, yeah I, I, I was mostly talking about him getting his suit back in May, finding out oh, and stuff. Yeah. But also, that, 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 credit sequence, that credit sequence is also really good. Yeah. Quick touch on the mid-credits and after-credits scenes. Uh, Tombs is locked up at the raft, which is always fun to see in a Spider-Man movie. Uh, my brain always just defaults associating the raft with Spider-Man and not like the like like Marvel universe at large. Um, but Tombs runs into Gargan, who is all fucked up from like getting hit by a car and run over by a ferry, uh, <laughs> and mentions that uh, other criminals are looking to come together and kill Spider-Man, and that there's a rumor going around that Tombs knows who he is. And Tombs denies it, saying that Spider-Man would be dead already if Tombs knew who he was. Another dude's rock moment. It's a dude's rock moment, but like, what's his motivation for protecting Peter? Is he going to try to take Peter out himself? What's going to happen? Mm. Ooh, who knows? But he's got family visit time, so he abandoned. He leaves Garden. I feel like it's going to be really interesting if and when they do the Sinister Six movie, because mm-hmm. I feel like Vulture has maybe a little bit because of that moment specifically of him not telling him who he is. Uh, I think I've, it makes me realize that, uh, especially compared to what Mysterio does. Uh, that Vulture has, I guess, a little a little more of a moral compass hmm. uh, than the other villains. So it, it makes me wonder how that's going to work out. Yeah, uh, he clearly has like a begrudging respect for Spider Man that uh, and Peter as well uh, that a level on a level that no other villain has. Like it's maybe be the Vulture, really maybe the Vulture, maybe the Lizard and Amazing Spider Man. But yeah, it, it's interesting to see a villain respect Spider Man. It's going to be uh, really interesting. Choices. But yeah, then there's a quick after credits, another Captain America PSA about, you know, disappointment. And that's it. That is that's like you waited for this shit that we leave there until the Infinity War happens. Of course. Yeah. Alex, uh, do you have any fun facts? Yes, I do. Uh, not not a terrible amount because, you know, we don't want these to run too terribly long, but I do have some good old usual stuff and some stuff that struck me as interesting. For some reason, uh, this is the second Spider-Man entry in a, in a row to bring up Branzino. Um, I, was, I, I, I forgot to write that down, but yeah, Branzino. But yeah, Flash has a little soliloquy in his car before it's stolen about how he can always tell when Branzino is fresh and when it's not fresh. And it's like, what the fuck is the fascination with this goddamn dinner that they keep bringing it up in Spider-Man? When did that become a Spider-Man? I wonder if that was a shout out to the older movie. I have no clue. That's the only explanation I can come up with. Maybe. Um, Peter is shown wearing boxer shorts when he puts the suit back on that was given to him. However, Tom Holland has said in interviews that he had to wear a thong underneath the suit as it was skin tight. Dude's rock. So that's a requirement. Uh, any, any and all future reboot Spider-Man be, be prepared to embrace the man thong lifestyle. Uh, <laughs> according to James Gunn, uh, Stanley's cameo in this film is one of the four Lee cameos filmed in one day uh, alongside the appearances for Doctor Strange. Guardians 2, and another title that Gunn would not specify, although it's suggested that it's Thor Ragnarok. However, Gunn did not direct this specific cameo. Oh, uh, yeah. We didn't, we, didn't really, we didn't really talk about the Stanley cameo. 
Oh yeah, what is? He? Oh yeah, he's he's uh, he's one of the old people in the window during a Spider-Man montage. It, that's a really fun moment. That's good. Uh, if you look closely, uh, there's you know a lot of nods to other MCU history at Peter's High School. His principal, Principal Marita, is uh, canonically the grandson of one of Captain America's Howling Commandos. There's a it's the same actor, and there's a picture of the guy in his office. So, Dude, rock. You know, little world there. But also in the high school, you can see pictures of Howard Stark, Abraham Erskine, and Bruce Banner uh, on the walls. I didn't notice the Banner one, but I think I saw the Howard Stark one. Mm -hmm. Got to have some likeness rights. Checks cashed here and there. Uh, As we mentioned, this is the first Spider-Man movie to not mention the Osborn family, but also Oscorp makes no, you know, that they go hand in hand. But Oscorp, you know, is like the most important thing in the amazing movies. Yeah. Uh, Besides Peter's dad. It's 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 such a it's such a relief um, to just not have to worry about the Osborns. It's like, ugh. and then we can we can save Green Goblin for when we really want to use it. Ugh. Absolutely. Uh, when Spider-Man confronts Aaron Davis in the parking garage when he webs his hand to the trunk, uh, Aaron's license plate is UCSM01, which uh, is a little shorthand for Ultimate Comics Spider-Man number one, the first appearance of Miles Morales. Uh, you know, they love doing shit like that. Uh, as we mentioned, he never punches anyone in the film, uh, uses webs, counters punches with kicks, uh, taser webs, but not a single punch thrown in this movie. Uh, I love that actually. Uh, I, I, that's one of Spider-Man's most endearing aspects. I've always thought is that he pulls his punches. He's not looking to fucking rock shit too hard. Uh, so, you know, they, they address stuff like their first addressing of spider sense with just like not saying, but showing and then something like that with the punching. I like that. That's a, that's a fun. It's subtlety. Yeah. Right. Uh, there's an interview from 2013 while, uh, Holland was up, was, uh, promoting his upcoming film, how I live now. Uh, he was asked by a reporter what kind of role he might want to try next. And, uh, he replied that he wanted to do something with action and humor in it. And he said, and I quote, uh, about playing a superhero, Maybe Spider-Man, the reboot of the reboot, if they do that. <laughs> so this was three years prior to Civil War. So, I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, you know, when you know, you know, I he guess. secured the bag. Good for him. Uh, lastly, as usual, I always like, you know, talking about alternate casting. I don't have a lot for alternate vultures because it really seems like Keaton was like really hotly considered for this role. But uh, Gary Oldman was considered as Maybe. well for the vulture. I, I could see that. He he brings an intensity. Uh, I think like Leon era uh, Gary Oldman, maybe. Um, I don't know. I could see him in it. Uh, the only other person of note is that Mark Hamill expressed interest in playing the Vulture if Keaton turned the part down. Well, I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm kind of glad that Mark Hamill didn't do it uh, because it we're we're once again hitting up my in my head gamer fan cast. Uh, I want him to be Doctor Octopus. He would make a great Dr. Octopus because he's he's campy to play a character like Dr. Octopus. Uh, it, it goes back to subtlety, I think. And I think uh, that that Michael Keaton brings a subtlety to the role that's just like he, he is as balls to the wall as Defoe is sometimes. Yes, but when he needs for the to most be. part, really just like, I don't know. I, I, I really feel like like this was great. Casting yeah, it was. It was. It was really great casting. And I, I, but yeah. I, I would, re- I would again, I would really like Mark Hamill to be Doctor Octopus, just because, I, especially after watching the Last Jedi, I think he could really pull off being both subtle and being fucking wacky from his Joker shit. Oh yeah, no, I'm hundred percent on board with you. Uh, that is my trivia for the week. 
All right. I guess we can move into the ratings and the rankings. Uh, do you want to start, Alex? Sure. Uh, Rating-wise, uh, I thought about this one for quite a while. It bounced back and forth in my head around a lot, and I'm not sure if it lines up with what I've like got on Letterboxd or anything because I, I forget to check that shit all the time. Yeah. But as far as ratings go, uh, I think I'm comfortable giving uh, this a, a solid, solid four out of on my end. Uh, it would be a 4.5, but it is, um, it's very much a first entry. It's very much a first solo entry, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's, um, it, it is a complete arc of a story, but it very much feels like the first brick in a wall as opposed to like Spider-Man, the movie, you know what I mean? Yeah, it, 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 it feels and, like, it feels like a smaller part of a larger story. And that's, you know, I sound like an idiot talking about it. That's because it's part of the MCU. That's, that's, that's absolutely that's exactly what it is. By, by definition. But like you said, it's the point. Um, it is a homecoming. It is um, the MCU. It, I think it started out kind of rocky, in my opinion. I think some of the earlier MCU movies are really goofy. Yeah. But uh, I like where it is now. I, I, I think some of the entries are, are genuinely fun movies. I'm a big fan of stuff like Guardians 2 and Doctor Strange and these movies. Um, I'm thrilled that Watts is at the helm of Fantastic Four. Uh, maybe we'll do an episode about that one day. Maybe. John Watts, you know, appreciation hour over here. Um, but as as far as rating and ranking this movie specifically, um, I I think it's a four. I think it's a very good entry. I think it does a lot of stuff right. Uh, I think it just could have done more with what it had in its hands. I feel like Iron Man does take up a little bit of the stage that he shouldn't. But, but he's, not. Yeah, he's he's not in it too much. He's there where he needs to be. I feel like MJ could have been fleshed out more in this movie, yep. but I, I yeah, but I understand that Liz was also a central, you know, part of this movie. So, you, it, taking everything into consideration, I don't feel bad giving this a four out of five. No, this is a- uh, rate ranking wise. Uh, I'm going to stir the pot a little here. As much as I love Spider-Man One, which is my number two ranking wise, I'm going to put this above it. So I still, at this point, at this stage, from what we've talked about so far. I still consider Spider-Man 2 the best we've seen and talked about so far. So you're putting a Follow- four over a four and a half. Yeah, I am. Um, my numbers mean nothing. Numbers mean nothing to me. Um, of course. <laughs> numbers. Uh, this is this is all feeling based for me. Um, you do you, I, brother. I, I yeah. Uh, I I feel like I have no need to explain myself. <laughs> I, I numbers are bullshit. I absolutely. Um, I'm absolutely down with that. This is a matter of the heart, not the mind. Um, my my rating, my ranking system, if I'm not mistaken, would be Spider-Man 2 at the top, followed very closely by this, Spider-Man Homecoming. Spider-Man 1, Spider-Man 3, Amazing, Amazing 2. Uh, yeah, and then Civil War is above 3, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Civil War, yep, sorry, my brain was just looking for Spider-Man titles. Damn. <laughs> no, no problem. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm very much in the same boat as you. This is really great. Uh, Holland and Keaton are really fantastic. The humor works pretty well. The characterization is really sharp. Uh, and it tells a really fantastic reimagining of the character in a role that is both familiar yet different at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have some gripes. Uh, not as much May as I would like. Uh, Tony just being an asshole. Uh, and some of the jokes don't really land with me. Uh, so I'm not quite willing to go all the way with this one. But I am also going to give it four stars. Nice. Uh, and as for the ranking, after your uh, brave bucking of number trends, <laughs> I, I actually might put it over two. I have no clue. Uh, I'm still kind of thinking about it. But for right now, <laughs> in my head, 
this might change in the future. For right now, in my head, it is still Spider-Man 1, Spider-Man 2, Homecoming, Civil War, Spider-Man 3, Amazing Spider-Man 1, Amazing Spider-Man 2. Hmm. We, we want something that's going to be better than the Raimi movies. We got to wait till Far From Home, <laughs> at least for me. Yeah, for sure. Um, I cannot wait for that fucking episode. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a fun one. Uh, I like Far From Home a lot. Homecoming, though, solid entry. One of the solid, most, if you ask me. Solid entry. Uh, all right. That's our show. Thank you so much for listening. If you've got a question or a comment that you want us to read on next week's episode, be sure to send it to us at our email address spotty signals podcast at gmail.com or shoot us a dm on our twitter at spidey signals oh wait holy shit no i forgot we did get an email we got an email we got an email uh after i (laughs) sound the alarm after i after i e-bagged for an email uh my friend brad uh sir b sent us an email that just says here is an email lex just like you asked for merry christmas buddy b oh thank you our number thank one. you thank you b uh yeah the, the, next week we're gonna do something a little different we're gonna do maybe the this is maybe a, a very poor decision uh but we're going to do a double feature episode we're gonna cover two movies that spider-man is kind of sort of in for not a lot of it uh, we're going to talk about Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. So in the span of a week, we have to watch two really fucking long movies and take notes on them. Uh, I imagine we'll probably cover it much like we did with Civil War, where we'll talk about the non-Spider-Man plot in very broad strokes, considering we have about five, six hours of movie to talk about here. Yes. Uh, and the Spider-Man stuff we will talk about especially. So, you know, probably won't be a five, six hour episode, but we'll be we'll be talking about some stuff, y'all. It'll probably it will probably be something closer to what uh, our episode with Civil War was. So maybe like okay. two hours, maybe a little bit under that. Uh, but yeah, until then, stay responsible. Uh, bye. Have a happy New Year.